Coming up on Studios America, California continues to be an embarrassment to the rest of the country under the continued leadership of Patrick Bateman, or uh, Gavin Newsom, of course. Glenn Beck joins us to talk about how far the state has fallen. Andrew Cuomo gropes his way back into the news with an upcoming $10,000 a plate fundraiser. Can I pay $10,000 to keep Andrew Cuomo off of my TV screen? And the woke mob has come after Ellie Kemper, my beloved Aaron from The Office, which makes it personal. Let's see if we can save the career of the better Pam, as we do Ellie Kemper. Stu does America. Welcome to the program, a program entitled Stu Does Ellie Kemper, one of my favorite show titles and is how, it's so often the case when it's one of my favorite show titles, usually the person featured in it is one of their least favorite. Sorry, Ellie. First, I should note, I'm not entirely without bias on Ellie Kemper. I loved her on The Office. She's like one of those people that is, I feel like it's nearly impossible to look at without smiling. All done. Disposable cameras are fun, although it does seem wasteful and you don't ever get to see your pictures. If it's an important event that you want to remember, I recommend using a real camera. Now, I should say she's nearly impossible to look at without smiling, but the Internet can accomplish anything. Here's how Twitter trending topics wrote it up. In 1999, actor Ellie Kemper was named the queen of love and beauty at the Veiled Prophet Ball, a debutante ball held in St. Louis, Missouri, which was founded by wealthy white elites in 1878 and emphasized the existing power structure according to the Atlantic Scott Beauchamp. Hmm. Reminds me of the Yair Rosenberg tweet about the trending section. If trending, uh, Twitter's trending sections were honest, random person being harassed by thousands over a single dumb tweet that didn't deserve this sort of attention. Honestly, we could stop this from happening by getting rid of the trending topic sidebar, but that would hurt our engagement stats. So we're thinking, uh, nah. So what did Ellie Kemper do? She won the debutante ball, which may be the least surprising thing in the universe, honestly. There she is in a white dress facing Two white kids in white dresses surrounded by white people. Oh my gosh. Here she is in a very warm looking sweater turtleneck combo from that same time period. This all started from just a random tweet from some random person. Ellie Kemper, the actress who played Aaron Hannon on The Office and starred in the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, has been outed as a KKK princess. Uh, was Ellie Kemper a KKK princess? Well, uh, was Kemper really crowned a KKK princess? Uh, according to the LA Times, no, of course not. She was named Queen of Love and Beauty at the Fair St. Louis, the 105th to be given that title. Quite an honor. Okay, so how did we get here? There are a couple of layers to this. First of all, the event started in the 1870s and was called the Veiled Prophet Fair. And its beginnings were pretty racisty. In fact, here's an image from the first Veiled Prophet Fair. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, a little too much white hood going on uh, to be innocent of all charges. Now, it wasn't officially associated with the Democratic Party supporting KKK. And in fact, the Klan didn't even have these style of uniforms until, you know, many, many years later. You know, during the times of the Democratic president and KKK fanboy Woodrow Wilson. 
But the fair did have all sorts of racist elements to it at that time. Of course, scientifically speaking, all things from the 1870s were racist. All the things, all the things. So any event that has been around since around 1870 probably has something that would look terrible today. Even quotes from civil rights leaders of that era sound racist today. But just like a lot of things, over 150 years, stuff tends to change. In fact, it changed so much that more than 40 years ago, black people started to join the organization. There have been black members in the organization, organization since before Ellie Kemper was born. In the early 1990s, the fair was renamed completely from the Veiled Prophet Fair to Fair St. Louis. And it stuck around as a tradition, mainly for rich people to get together. But the Klan-looking outfits have been gone for a really long time. Which brings us to Ellie Kemper. Morons on Twitter started Googling and discovered a 2014 Atlantic article about the fair that talked about its racist history. And after even more Googling, they discovered that Kemper was the queen of love and beauty in 1999 when she was 19 years old. So that apparently is enough to call her a KKK princess and attempt to ruin her life. And while social media usually takes the blame, it's these terrible news sources that amplify the social media idiocy that makes it so much worse. Some examples, first from the AV Club. Oh, great. Ellie Kemper is yet another rich white celebrity with a racist past. What the hell? And of course, naturally, Slate. What it means that Ellie Kemper was queen of the racist veiled prophet ball. And of course, the, of course, the Daily Beast. Yes, the office's Ellie Kemper was beauty queen of a racist ball. These a-holes. So an actress won a beauty contest when she was 19. Happened 22 years ago. She didn't say anything racist. She didn't do anything racist. It's just that people who were at the same event when it was called something else well over a century ago were racists. That's why Ellie Kemper is a KKK princess in 2021. What's crazy is even the experts on the racist elements of the debutante ball seem to side with Ellie Kemper. The Atlantic article from 2014 quoted a book about the fair by Thomas Spencer, a professor of history at Texas A&M University, Kingsville. When asked about the controversy around Kemper, he said, here's how I think about it. It's a debutante ball that has existed for a long time, said Spencer, likening it to other debutante balls in St. Louis and similar events elsewhere. The daughters are doing it because their dad wants them to do so, and it's a way to honor their father. I cannot figure out for the life of me what the point is of going after some actress for something she did 20 years ago when she was 19, he said. I'm not going to defend the organization. It has a lot of problems. It just baffles me to think that you should make a big deal about someone being in a debutante ball. Thomas, uh, Devin Thomas O'Shea, another expert who has been critical of the organization, tweeted this. We all love ending Memorial Day weekend with pitchforks and fire. But Ellie Kemper was like 17 when she was the VP queen. The larger point is that veiled prophets, rich white fathers keep uh, this ball going without telling their daughters what they're getting into. And remember the initial Twitter user that started all of this. Remember her. Oh, she's a KKK princess. Even that person, even the person she linked to for a history lesson about the organization said this. It is my time to shine. So the Veiled Prophet is a, ma a major institution in St. Louis rooted in a deeply troubling past. To call it a KKK princess isn't wrong, but it's also not right. In fact, many St. Louis residents are unaware 
I'm born and raised here, but didn't know about it until I started working in the history museum sector. This is basically the equivalent of being seen driving a Volkswagen and being called a Nazi for it. It's incredibly stupid, unfair, and some of the coverage has been borderline libelous. So the first layer of this is pretty clear. It's yet another ridiculous example of cancel culture. Using false claims of racism to destroy someone is something those on the right are very used to, of course. However, this is where the story twists a little bit. Ellie Kemper is no conservative. She's even donated to Black Lives Matter. So as conservatives, what do we do here? Do we cheer this on? There's certainly a big part, I think, of all of us that look at this and say, ah, <laughs> liberals once again eating their own good. I can totally understand this instinct. I mean, hey, you made the rules and now you got to live by them. Sorry. It's true. I feel it. I understand it, too. Clearly, the right thing to do, I guess, morally, is to judge a person by their individual circumstances. But you made your bed. You got to lie in it now. Sorry, Ellie. I understand that sense. And it's real. And it's understandable um, in, in many ways. But pragmatically, we should look at it as well. Because I think morally, it's pretty clear. We should probably treat her as we'd want to be treated. There's some ancient book that says something like that. But pragmatically, it also takes a standard that we hate and codifies it. And since both sides now agree this is how these incidents get handled, it just becomes the way society is. Do we really want to further that? All right, housing market, it's going crazy. You need a real estate agent you can trust. That's why you go to realestateagentsicantrust.com. Real estate agents I can, what is it? Real estate agents I trust, right? Real estate agents I trust.com. Real estate agents I trust.com. I've only said the website like 5 million times in my life. I probably should remember it. It's Glenn's company. He started it a while ago. Why? Because he had real estate agents he couldn't trust. He was having issues with his real estate agents and it wasn't working out. So he decided, what if we just had a screening process set up so that it was easy, easy for people to be able to find the real estate agent that will help them get the biggest transaction of their life done the right way. With a market like this, you need the best people on your side. Find them at realestateagentsitrust.com. Get in for more, more information at realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now, realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, let's bring in Glenn Beck. His newest Blaze TV special airs tonight, Golden State Gulag. California's pursuit of communism is a warning for America. It airs tonight, immediately following this program at 9 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. Glenn, how's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, you know, until I found out that the Democrats are actually using California as the model for the rest of the country. Are they aware of how it's going? Uh, because I look at California, it seems like they have a lot of problems. Why would you want them to be the model? You know, it's it's almost as if uh, like, you know, Joe Biden was in Tulsa and he said something absolutely incredible. Uh, and I think 
unbelievably racist that blacks can't get attorneys or accountants, but they're just as capable as entrepreneurs as white people are. Oh, um, I think the one that can't get an accountant or the one that can't count or the one that just can't a B compare, you know, maybe didn't watch Sesame street. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> they can't seem to get a, a, a good handle on what's good and what's bad. Everything is upside down right now. And uh, it's a little too much to believe that they're just morons. What what part exactly of California are they trying to emulate? Because, I mean, other than having incredible natural resources and still running massive deficits and having the government control an incredible amount of daily life, what what are they trying to emulate there? Well, I wish it was the sunshine and the no humidity, <laughs> but it's not. Mm. It is uh, Gavin Newsom has just made the largest investment in uh, homelessness. Um, and I think I mean, I would assume that you were trying to stop homelessness. But I I think because we're living in an upside down world, he may be actually investing in more homelessness. Um, the, the homelessness, the policing, uh, crime is through the roof. Homelessness is through the roof, but they're trying all kinds of new things that are just not working, but they think they're on the cutting edge. I mean, you've got feces on the streets, needles everywhere. You're giving out drugs. You have the crime rate in these tent cities is, is shocking. Absolutely shocking. Everything that this, uh, you know, Democrat uh, run uh, state touches turns to death, literally death. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you. We were trying to work the word feces into the show today, and I, I do appreciate it. Well, say the secret word. <laughs> uh, so cure me of this for a moment. I live in Texas. California mm -hmm. sucks. It's why I live in Texas and mm -hmm. not California. Why am I supposed mm -hmm. to care what's going on in California? Oh, because everything is coming from California. Uh, California, just look at the school systems. Where do you think all this started? In California. Um, you know, there's been a 700% increase of homeschooling uh, in the last few months alone, because not because of COVID, but because parents are starting to see what's being taught in the schools. All of this is coming from California. We we're going to play a, a video of a teacher that is is it's one of the most shocking things I've ever heard a teacher say. And, you know, I've been around the block a while. I've seen some shocking Marxist things. The way they are treating the parents in California is is just uh, it's a gulag state it really is a gulag state you have no place to say anything and that is now spreading through critical race theory and others all around the country so you need to care because it is coming to your street and it's most likely already there you know, um, it's funny. We have, uh, of course, the show is going to be airing on Blaze TV. A lot of people here, generally speaking, going to be conservative, going to like conservative content. Um, and they might even be fans of someone named Dave Rubin, who is, of course, here on Blaze TV as well. You're going to have him on the special. And every time I have him on, 
I ask him the same question, which is, why do you stay? Why stay in California? Why is he doing this? Uh, I, I, I don't want to speak for Dave, but I think um, he says things uh, publicly, but he is definitely looking to move. And I think Dave will either end up in Florida or in Texas. And I'm pushing for Texas, but I, I think he's he's getting ready to move. The thing that has really scared him is the increase in anti-Semitism. Yeah, mm. Dave is Jewish. His husband is Jewish. And they have looked at what's coming. Uh, and uh, they are very frightened. Marxism has Stu as you and I have known for almost 20 years. And one of the first things we said was in the rise of Marxism comes anti-Semitism. And we're seeing it now in, in, in some of the worst uh, ways we have ever seen in America. And it's only getting started. And I think that's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. He bought a house about four years ago. Uh, and it's a beautiful house and he got a great deal on it. And he's kind of been staying because I don't, you know, I got a great house. It's beautiful here, but that has changed in the last year. Uh, one thing you talked about on radio uh, earlier today, which I thought was fascinating, was this idea that the people moving into places like Texas and Florida are not kind of like what we've been, you know, thinking they were, who they think, who we were thinking they were for all this time. I mean, there was this idea in Texas, like, oh gosh, please don't have lots of people from California moving here because then they're going to try to turn Texas into California or turn Texas into New York. Don't New York my Texas. Um, but it, stats are kind of showing the opposite of that. Can you explain that? Yeah, I think now this is these are all uh, from polls. Uh, I think the most recent is about a year ago. I think things might change um, in in scope, but I don't think in direction. You know, when we left uh, New York to come to Texas, we knew what we were coming for. We were coming for the freedom. Uh, we were coming for the, you know, uh, my land is my land kind of attitude of, of Texas and and uh, don't don't overregulate me. Uh, and, you know, we've always been afraid because back in the day when people would move, they would move because their company was moving and, you know, they just went along with a company and they were just bringing on their own crap. Well, that's still happening. Um it's not happening at the rate anybody on the left would hope. The people who are leaving on their own to come to Texas and to come to Florida are the ones who have had enough of the progressive ideology. They know what it means. Um, you look at um, uh, you look at, uh, you know, traditional uh, Texans, people who are born here, which is only about 40 percent of the Texas population now. You look at that population and how they vote. They're actually voting more liberal uh, than the people that moved in from Texas or New York. That's a little surprising. But you and I have talked about this before, Stu, that um, it is the it's the lifelong Texans that have forgotten what freedom really means and how great Texas is and why it was so great that are actually leaning more liberal. That really is a fascinating one to me. I mean, I, it's it's incredible to do you think the the native Texan is going to be the most you know conservative and and the most just old yeah, they, Texan. It's not the way it is. 
but they gutted the old school Texas. Uh, you know, I lived here in the 80s, and while I don't think that was the old school Texas, it was a much different Texas uh, than it was in the 90s. And when I moved back in you know 2010, it was a much different Texas than it was in the 90s. Um, they gutted all of that. Uh, Texas, when I first moved to Texas, it was all hat and belt and boots. It's hard in the Metroplex, even of Dallas, to find boots sometimes. They're, I mean, they used to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. You now have to go to a specialty store to be able to get boots or a cowboy hat. I mean, a real one. Uh, that's unusual. It's the same thing that happened to the, the rest of the United States. We live in this paradise, and we take it for granted, and we just assume it'll always be this way. I think that's what's happening to a lot of Texans who have lived there. It's just always be this way. It'll always be this way. And uh, and they don't they haven't experienced the real progressive nightmare uh, that is happening around the rest of the country. Yeah, it's funny because I I grew up in the Northeast and, you know, a lot of my relatives are from the Northeast. And sometimes I'll talk to them about coming down to visit and they feel like they, they, you know, they can't come down because they're. It's like a dude ranch, basically. It's a giant dude ranch. Uh, they don't know how to lasso a cattle, so they can't come down. It's like, that is not <laughs> what it's like here. I mean, I, some of that is good. I like you know, a little more civilization than maybe you do, as you, I know you love your ranch. Uh, but like, you know, Texas is not a place where everyone's wearing you know, cowboy hats and boots. And you know, a lot of that is really bad when you lose that sort of influence. The number one question to me when we moved Mercury down to Texas was from the employees, where are all the cows? Well, I mean, it's a big city. I don't know if you've noticed that. Here's the difference in Texas. Um, Texas, unlike other big northern cities that spend all of the taxpayer money on things to beautify the city, the governor, when it was Rick Perry, went to the big you know, rich people and said, look, we're losing business because everybody thinks we're a cow town and we have no culture. And if you want that to change, you and your rich buddies are going to have to do something about it. And so they did without any Texans taxpayer money. They built art museums uh, and a state of the art opera house. Uh, the the whole downtown was was transformed and it was transformed with private money. That's the difference in Texas. The, the difference is we don't expect the government to do everything. We want the government out of the way and let Texans and let Americans figure out how to do it. You know, we did get the gold back. We're the only the only state in the union now that has our gold back from the Federal Reserve. It took several years to get it. But we built a state of the art um, underground vault for all of our gold. I think it's in Austin uh, and most people don't even know about it. But Texas has repatriated their own gold uh, because they know it's important to, you know, not count on the U.S. dollar. Mm. All right. Last one before you go. We had uh, Greg Abbott on the radio program today. The governor race in Texas is pretty interesting in that you have 
uh, obviously our own Chad Prather, who uh, who has entered into the race uh, on the on the right, uh, kind of looking at uh, Abbott from a conservative challenge uh, perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. Huff Fines, the, the mm-hmm. congressperson, is in the race, kind of trying to do the same thing. You have the possibility mm-hmm. of Beto O'Rourke running on the left. Also, Matthew McConaughey is, is expressed some level of interest in running. How do you see this playing out? And is Abbott, has he done a good enough job to keep that job? Oh boy, I, you know, I, I'm torn on this because he didn't do the job I wanted. Rick DeSantis is doing the job Ron DeSantis, I wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Ron DeSantis. He's doing the job that I wanted, uh, the Texas guy. I wanted the Texas governor to lead the way in freedom. And I don't think that he did. Uh, and he got a lot of pushback. And a lot of people are really angry about that. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be able to bridge that gap. Uh, President Trump came out uh, yesterday and endorsed uh, Greg Abbott. I, I, I'm afraid that I think the one that is going to play uh, the, the biggest role here uh, is going to be Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Huffine shouldn't be counted out. He has a lot of very powerful, very influential friends. He'll have the money to do it. McConaughey's really not going to need the money. He's going to seem like a fresh face. He's not part of the system. And, uh, hey, man, let's just all get together. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, what we were talking about, I think maybe the people of California that have moved to Texas might say, don't, don't, don't do that. Um, but Texans who have lived here for a whole, you know, their whole life, they might think, Hey, we're going to have a celebrity president. That might be kind of cool. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because you can't predict those guys like Donald Trump. Everyone dismissed that he wasn't even going to run. And when he ran, he had no chance of winning. Obviously we know what happened there, but like, you know, Kanye West is a massive star who ran for president and got like a couple hundred thousand votes. You don't know how these things are going to play out. But it does seem to me if you are trying to win Texas and you're not a conservative and you have the choice between Beto O'Rourke and Matthew McConaughey, you roll the dice with McConaughey, don't you? Oh, my gosh. I don't think Beto O'Rourke. I would be shocked if Beto O'Rourke, after his performance of uh, running for president, you know, running for against uh, Senator Cruz, he wasn't on the record as much as he is now. Right. Yes, I am coming for your guns. Texans will not support that. Uh, I'd be surprised if if there's any support uh, behind him. Yeah, I think last time people were like, oh, maybe he's the new Kennedy. We all know he's not yeah. the new Kennedy now. And uh, after no. that disastrous failure, I don't think he has a chance against Abbott yeah. uh, or anybody else. All right, yeah. Glenn Beck, uh, the new special is Golden State Gulag. California's pursuit of communism is a warning for America. It premieres at 9 p.m. Eastern right big after warning. the show. Yeah, uh, it is a big warning. Yeah. Um, of course, the best way to watch your Blaze TV account, go to blazetv.com slash stew. Enter the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. And you can watch not only this show, Dave Rubens, Pat Gray, so much more. You'll save 10 bucks as well with that promo code. Glenn, thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight and doing America with me. With your help, America is now at least 7% more done. Great work. If you get a second, uh, head over to my Instagram page for exclusive pics and content. Plus, the link in the bio takes you to all of our episodes completely free. And because they're free, why not support our little show with your very own Don't Be an Idiot, Don't Be a LeBron T.
t-shirt. It's available now at don'tbealebron.com. Get yours while they're still in stock and LeBron is still an idiot. Uh, New York Times has a pretty interesting story today. Uh, David Leonhardt writes this. When the CDC reversed its COVID-19 guidelines ne- ne- uh, last month and said that vaccinated Americans rarely needed to wear masks, it caused both anxiety and uncertainty. Many people worried that the change would cause unvaccinated people to shed their masks and create a surge of new cases. On the flip side, a more optimistic outcome also seemed possible, that the potential to leave mo- live mostly mask-free would inspire some vaccine-hesitant Americans to get their shots. Almost three weeks after the change, we can now begin to get some answers by looking at data. So far, it suggests that the optimists were better prognosticators than the pessimists. Hmm. Uh, cases have beginning uh, have continued to fall since the an- announcement. Uh, as the Times puts it, overall, daily new cases have fallen by almost 75% since mid-April and more than 90% since the peak in January. Um, and a, this is something that we've talked about a zillion times on the show. It's kind of satisfying uh, to have the media sort of understand this after all of this time. Um, but a crucial point that uh, is that the loosened guidelines probably did not cause many people to change their behavior in ways that created new risks. Vaccinated people went maskless more often, but they were extremely unlikely to get the virus. And even before the CDC change, many unvaccinated Americans were already not wearing masks, particularly in red states. Uh, The only worrisome scenarios involved unvaccinated people who had been wearing masks and decided to stop doing so after the CDC policy. Surely somebody some people did that. But of course, it wasn't the main thrust of the situation. Um, There also an interesting other part about this is it seems to have motivated some people to go get the vaccination. Um, they, they look at, uh, in, I mean, we've got lots of charts on this particular story. I know you can't quite see that one, but daily vaccinations among uh, Americans ages 16 and up had been falling uh, since mid-April, um, and, uh, but they finally lev- leveled out uh, since mid-May when they changed those um, uh, guidelines. So people are thinking, well, if I can get rid of all this crap when I'm vaccinated, maybe I'll just go get vaccinated. I've been putting it off. Now, again, there's a, you know, a group of people who don't want anything to do with the vaccine. That's their choice. But there are a lot of people kind of outside of that group who say, well, I would get the vaccine, but it's a pain in the ass or I don't, what am I going to get out of it? They've been telling me I can't take my mask off anyway. Seems to have taken those people and said, all right, I guess this will push me over the edge and I'll go get it. The bottom line is whether you're for the vaccine or you're against the vaccine, you probably want people to get vaccinated. Why? Because then you don't have to. If you're against the vaccine, you don't have to get vaccinated if everybody else is. And if you're for the vaccine, you can get vaccinated and go do whatever you want. I think that's a good answer for everybody. Make your own choice. Freedom reigns here in the United States. Uh, Alamo Drafthouse is emerged from bankruptcy and is opening up five new theaters they've announced. Now, if you've never been to an Alamo Drafthouse, I highly recommend it. If you happen to be near one. It's a wonderful way to spend a couple of hours. I like the movies. I also like, as you can tell, food. And there they have really good food. So it's one of these dine-in theaters where you're not just getting popcorn and snacks, candy. You're also getting like a full, really good meal. Like they have really good chips and queso there. They have a you know, delicious, uh, uh, you know, like almost like upscale bar and grill type food. It's really good. Uh, so you can go there. Uh, you can watch as you get there to a movie. They have a 30-minute pre-show. Uh, before every movie, which is like, 
you know, kind of a collection of cool things related to the movie. Like if you go to a Star Wars movie, there's like all the 70s Star Wars stuff they show you from like YouTube all put together. It's a pretty cool package. It's a fun place to go see a movie. The food is really good. Now, they did go into bankruptcy over COVID and they were super... Uh, passive on opening their theaters, which has been really annoying, frankly. Every other theater around here is open, and still in Texas, the Alamo is like, yeah, I want to keep it closed. The Alamo doesn't really stand for standing up for yourself. It, it just We're going to stand back a little bit on this one. Uh, but they are now coming out of bankruptcy and opening up a bunch of new theaters, uh, which is which is pretty good. I mean, at least you can, you can, uh, you can take something from that. Um, let me tell you about uh, Andrew Cuomo. Cuomo... Is spending ten is, is hosting a ten thousand dollar ticket fundraiser this month. Uh, he is. Um, I mean, who would pay this? What kind of terrible person do you need to be to go to an Andrew Cuomo fundraiser? I mean, I don't think Andrew Cuomo should go to an Andrew Cuomo fundraiser. I don't think his family should go to Andrew Cuomo fundraiser. The fact that he's raising money for himself is kind of like every other aspect of his life. It's always about himself. Uh, it's $10,000 for per person or $15,000 for uh, two-person admission. So you can save a little bit there and only spend $7,500 for a dinner with a guy who probably murdered your grandparents. It sounds like a great deal, sure, but is it? You'll have to make that decision for yourself. Uh, pretty amazing. I mean, he's still hanging around. Uh, 53% said... Uh, uh, he sh- he should uh, not run. 37% said they want him. Uh, they're going to be voting for him. Um, he, you know, he's not doing well, but until this report comes out from the attorney general, really nothing else is going to change in the story. We'll see what happens. Uh, and finally, uh, in the Cuomo sort of realm, brother Chris Cuomo is getting some heat. CNN uh, under ethics scrutiny following Cuomo revelations. I just want to give you some of the quotes from this because I found this to be really amazing. Listen to what they're saying. First of all, we'll start with Steve Holmes. He retired in uh, 2019 from CNN after working at the uh, network for more than a decade. He says, you won't see any rules that are etched in stone so that a violation could be a firing offense. And I think you sort of see the results. I mean, the Chris Cuomo thing. They can't say he's violated any written policies because there aren't any, said Holmes. Um, uh, Here's Jake Tapper. He said, quote, I cannot imagine a world in which anybody in journalism thinks that that was appropriate. Brian Stelter, if Chris Cuomo wants to call into strategy sessions with his brother's aides, shouldn't he take a leave of absence from CNN? What's happening in this world? Um, University of Nevada, Las Vegas ethics professor Alicia Shepard. She said, look what happened to Brian Williams. Shepard said, referring to the former NBC Nightly News anchor who was removed after admitting he exaggerated stories about coming under enemy fire in Iraq. He was uh, an anchor of a prestigious nightly news show, and because of something that happened years before, he lost that perch. News, uh, News organizations have an obligation to hold those responsible for errors accountable that's from Dan Shelley, CEO of Radio, Television, and Digital News. It goes on and on. The Hill has a story about this. You can read all the comments from ethics advisors, media experts, all saying the same thing about Chris Cuomo. He should either be fired or suspended, suspended or punished or something. The only thing that shouldn't happen is nothing. And that, of course, is the path CNN is going down.
So a couple of years ago, my wife got uh, somehow got built bars uh, in her on her mind. She found out about them probably on the internet somewhere, and ordered a box and fell in love with these things. She started talking about them on her Instagram page, which you can follow, and you can see her post every new built bar flavor as it comes in. Uh, the latest one she got was grasshopper cookie. Uh, which is, uh, you know, that sounds delicious, right? Um, if you like that sort of thing, they have uh, uh, birthday cake is out now. They had some like sweet and spicy one, which sounded pretty interesting. I don't know if that's your thing. The bottom line is they have a million flavors of these things. They're high in protein. They are high in fiber. They are low in calories. They are low in carbs. They're actually healthy for you. They have real chocolate on the outside, and they taste delicious. Built Bar is the answer to any of these, uh, you know, you've got a snack. You want a meal, you want a light meal. You want to eat 12 of them at the same time and make it a non-light meal. You can do whatever you want with Built Bars. They don't care. BuiltBar.com, use the promo code STU15. You'll save 15% off your next order. I have a, a shelf of these things in my, it's dedicated to Built Bars in my refrigerator. My wife likes to eat them a little chilled. Uh, there you go, you can do that too. STU15 is the uh, promo code. You get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. It's BuiltBar.com. Dogecoin is up today and has been up uh, the last couple days, uh, largely because it looks like Dogecoin is going to be on Coinbase soon. Uh, if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, give me one second here. But it's got basically you get this cryptocurrency become very popular among people who love the memes. And now it's going to go over to kind of the, uh, I don't know, established uh, co uh, crypto exchange, Coinbase. Anytime anything go, a new coin goes on Coinbase, it gets a little bump because there's lots of people there. I would have told you, would I, would I have bought Dogecoin a long time ago if it was on Coinbase? Probably would have, but it wasn't there. So I lost out on billions of dollars and I blame you, Coinbase. Uh, so anyway, it's going over there. That's good. Uh, it's a good positive thing. The only bad thing about it is that black people can't invest in cryptocurrency. Why? Well, I'll, just let, I'll let Joe Biden uh, teach you. The data shows young black entrepreneurs are just as capable of succeeding given the chance as white entrepreneurs are. Oh, okay, great. But they don't have lawyers. They don't they have... They don't what? They, they, they don't have accountants. Oh. But they have great ideas. Oh. Does anyone doubt this whole nation would be better off from the investments those people make? And I promise you, that's why I set up the National Small Business Administration that's much broader, because they're going to get those loans. Well put. Is there anything more racist than the Democratic Party? I, I don't understand how anyone could hear that and not just think that's just racism. It's yet another example of it. Over and over again, the left keeps telling you, if you are a minority, look, we know you can't do it on your own. You might be able to get there someday, but you just need our help. If you let us white people help you, then maybe you can compete with other with white people. I mean, wouldn't that be incredible? Minority people, though, you minority people out there, you people who work at a 7-Eleven, you people who who are clean and articulate. Sorry, I'm just giving you a bunch of Joe Biden quotes mashed together. But the point here is that there's this attitude from people like Biden, people on the left, who say sort of this soft bigotry of low expectations is real. Like, obviously, white people can do things better than black people. That's why we always have to help black people. They can't do it on their, on their own. You know, I don't know of any 
African-American who is incapable of getting a driver's license. I mean, maybe I'm just blessed by being surrounded by really competent African-Americans, but I don't think that's the case. I think, you know, maybe black people are just able to do these things for themselves. Maybe they're just able to call an attorney just like anybody else. Maybe they're able to go on the Internet and search for an accountant just like anybody else. Maybe a black entrepreneur, as part of their entrepreneurship, is able to go out and secure the business services they need without your dumb help, Joe. And there's this weird white savior complex where they where they're where Joe Biden's going to ride to your rescue and help all the minorities do the things that white people can do without the help of Joe Biden. That is insulting and racist. And I don't know how you see it any other way. Back in a second. So do you have like Gmail or a Yahoo account? If you do, you should know that those things aren't actually free free. Uh, They wind up costing you with your privacy. And since those companies have access to every email you send and receive, big tech can sell your data to the highest bidder. That's why you got to trust Startmail. Startmail keeps your email private, period. Every email is encrypted. Even if the uh, recipient isn't on Startmail, you might be selling, sending it to somebody else. If they don't use encryption at all, it doesn't matter. You can still encrypt your messages with Startmail. Startmail, uh, you know, when you delete something on Startmail, it's actually deleted. This is a crazy idea they came up with. I don't know how they came up with it. But maybe they thought, you know, if you delete a ma- piece of mail, maybe you don't want it around anymore in some weird folder that they can only check and they can only access. Startmail uses their own servers, not Amazon's, which means they can't be put out of business and, and your, your whole situation blown up online. Startmail is also backed by the most stringent private, uh, privacy policies in the world. Start securing your email privacy with Startmail. Uh, sign up now. You get 50% off your first year. Go to startmail.com slash stew, S-T-A-R-T mail.com slash stew for 50% off your first year. It's startmail.com slash stew. A Florida man uh, got caught in a fight uh, situation where he was, he got into a, a, a I don't know if it was an argument. You could call it an argument, I guess. But it was a 32-minute surveillance video that showed uh, he was attacking, beating, dragging and kicking a three-foot iguana. Uh, So you got in a fight with an iguana, which is bad enough, but he tried to get out of the charges, because I guess you're not allowed to just beat up an iguana. Kind of seems probably sensible. Uh, But got uh, got in some serious trouble because uh, he was caught on video doing that. Uh, Initially, they said they were trying to save the iguana from being run over by cars. Um, and then it bit his right arm when he tried to move it, and then he kicked the iguana as far as it could, which makes sense. He had to get 22 staples in his arm because of the bite. Um, he tried to get out of, the, out of the whole situation, though, by citing his stand-your-ground law in Florida, uh, which is kind of an amazing attempt there. You can't just go attacking an iguana, though, because it pissed you off. That's absolutely ridiculous, though I will say I will pay $10,000 to the person who brings me the head of the gecko geico. Geico Gecko. I will, I will do that anytime. By the way, a Colombian cartel has put out a $70,000 hit on an anti-narcotics dog. Because this damn dog keeps catching their narcotics, they want it dead. And I know the cartel doesn't screw around, but if you're putting a hit out on a dog, I don't know I, what is next. If you're using house cats as border drug mules, 
I don't know what the point of this is because Joe Biden will just like let you walk across. You don't really ask Hunter to bring the drugs across the border. That'll work much better than any dog. Uh, before we leave, uh, LeBron James last night got blown out and left his team before the end of the game. He's terrible. He's awful. He's a terrible human being. Buy the shirt. Don't be an idiot. Don't be a LeBron. It's at don'tbealebron.com. We'll see you tomorrow.